0: Discover how to reclaim your health after a COVID infection, plus the dirty secrets that the big science, big pharma folks don't want you to know. Yeah, let's talk about that. Instead of focusing on winning arguments, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and marketing and how we can use them to win in the world of politics, teaching you how to meet people where they're at on the issues they care about. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Well, hey there, folks, Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show, and thank you for joining us on, of course, another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host, joining you live from our Cardio Miracle Studios here in lovely eastern Indiana. Folks, I've said it once, I'm going to say it again, the Cardio Miracle difference is in fact real. I say that as someone who's been using Cardio Miracle now for about six months, and I got to tell you, I'm seeing the results firsthand, whether it's sleeping better at night, watching my blood pressure plummet, which my doctor says, good work, Brian, plus uh, a bunch of other amazing benefits like feeling more pumped up at the gym, having more energy throughout the day and more. So if you want to join the tens of thousands of other folks out there who are experiencing the Cardio Miracle difference for themselves, well, go to briannickelshowcom forward slash heart. Secure your Cardio Miracle order Today, and if you use code TBNS at checkout, you get an exclusive. 15% off. That's available to all Brian Nichols Show listeners. And by the way, there's a 100% money-back guarantee, so you quite literally have nothing to lose except those sleepless nights, the high blood pressure, and all those tired days that you have. So uh, if you're watching us on the YouTubes, head below in the show notes here in the description. Link is right there. Otherwise, head to the homepage at briannicholsshow.com, and it should pop up right there for you. Cardio Miracle, yes, the best heart health supplement in the world. Uh, so yes, go ahead, improve your ticker. And uh, also, if you are looking to improve other areas of your life, namely, let's say you are one of the quite literally millions of other folks who experienced COVID over the past three, four years, which I'm pretty sure all of us at some point have at this uh, at this moment of, of time. So with that, I'm sure you are probably dealing with or have dealt with some of those uh, long-term uh, lasting impacts of COVID or dare I say the jabby jab. So we're gonna discuss all of that and more to help me discuss that in detail. Joining us today is Rochelle
1: Voth from Mehan MD. Welcome to the Brian Nickel Show. Hey, Brian, it's good to meet you. Thanks for having me on today. You have a wonderful announcer voice or MC voice, if I can say that. If <laughs> well,
0: I may. thank you. I appreciate that. I guess uh, doing the show for six years has helped out a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so true. <laughs> Rochelle, do us a favor as we get things started today. Introduce mm-hmm. yourself to the Brian Nichols Show audience. And why are we having mm-hmm. this conversation today, focusing on reclaiming our health in a post COVID world?
1: It's a great way to say it. Uh, Thank you. Yes. My name is Rochelle Voth. I'm based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I work with Meehan, MD, and Dr. Um, Jim Meehan, who is an MD, but also a functional medicine physician. So we combine the best of both worlds. My pedigree and background was about eight years of hospitalist medicine. And during uh, the acute COVID crisis, I was working in an LTAC facility, which is a long-term acute care facility for people who need 25 days or more of inpatient Criteria. So I was helping wean people off the vents after they had been placed on the traditional protocols. And during that experience, I started noticing some things that just didn't make sense medically to me. And then after the jabs rolled out, or if you want to call them the um, vaccinations, um, again, I saw some things that just didn't quite add up medically to me. And so I ended up resigning and transitioning out into uh, outpatient medicine. I like to joke, I joined the offensive team instead of defense line. (laughs) Um, And I've been trying to help people mitigate um, any effects that they've been having post COVID, either infection or injection, because we recognize that this is a space that needs some creative solutions has a lot of hope, but that there isn't a well-spoken or well-versed yet, um, uh routine platform for in terms of answers and so we're in the wheelhouse of creative solutions here um, and trying to make that magic happen for people that have really been affected in outburst ways
0: well Rochelle if you have creative solutions I think you came to the right podcast because that's what we (laughs) focus on here at the Brian Nichols show we Mm -hmm. talk about not just the problems but actually the solutions we bring to the table right trying to actually help make people's lives better versus just pointing at Mm -hmm. problem and saying Bad. So yes, thank right. you for actually addressing that. <laughs> now let's dig into um, let's dig into this whole craziness sure. that has been COVID. Right for the past mm-hmm. four years, it seems like everybody has been on high a high alert, high intensity right. because this big unknown, this big. Question mark, which was COVID. It was scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when COVID first started to hit, I lived in a big city at the time in Philadelphia, and it it got weird, right? Like all of a sudden, you had government officials determining who was considered essential versus non essential, borders being closed down to go to work over in New Jersey. Uh, Like all of a sudden, the the city Mm -hmm. itself looked like we were in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. And fast Mm -hmm. forward like three and a half, four years later, Michelle, and Unfortunately, a lot of those cities really haven't seemingly learned anything. And frankly, a lot of people in these big blue areas don't seem to have really learned anything as well. And on the flip side, right, there's a lot of folks out there who I would say were more in the conspiracy world when it comes Mm -hmm. to addressing the COVID-19 pandemic. We're not. It, we're not saying that you know everything was done perfectly. As a matter of fact, we were one of the leading right. voices in our world talking about all the negative things that were taking place. But you know, it's not going down the rabbit hole as has been outlined in many other podcasts. Not here on the Brian Nickel Show, of course, sure. but on <laughs> other podcasts. You know, going through that. Everybody's trying to kill everybody. No, we're not doing right. that. Um, so yeah. when you're talking about a very concerned and fearful public, people mm-hmm. are willing, and we know this in sales. Fear is one of the most compelling motivators to right. make somebody make a buying decision, and that means. Okay. A good decision, or more often than not, a bad decision. So let's kind of walk through that, Rochelle. Mm-hmm. Fear as a motivator. What yeah. were some of the main things you saw folks do, both red team and blue team, or no team at all, regardless, sure. right? During the COVID 19 pandemic and thereafter, that just was completely silly and out to lunch?
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because when it first hit, none of us had any idea about what it was. Actually, at that time, uh, in retrospect, we think that we might have had two patients on our floor about a week or two before we officially knew it was in the building, um, you know, that had this weird acute respiratory syndrome and they decompromised very quickly, and that we had no, you know, swab or blood test that popped positive for anything. And so our first experience was we're all in this together. We have no idea what this is, right? Um, And as we're going through that, to be honest, um, I remember going through medical, excuse me, PA school training and uh, being fitted for respirator masks during that time and thinking to myself, when the heck am I ever going to need this? You know, we're not in third world countries, we don't have pandemics, epidemics, you know, here in the U.S. And then sure enough, it comes, you know, 2019, 2020, and all of a sudden we're having to suit up and mask um, or buy PPE in the garage parking lot from an out-of-state supplier because it's every person for themselves. The hospitals didn't have enough in store hands. So to your to your point, there was an element of fear, right? Because none of us were equipped yep. um, with the readiness of the information that we now have three years retrospectively. Um, And so I think really, truly, in the beginning of the pandemic, physicians, providers, we really tried to do our best um, with the limited information that we had. And at that time, that type of information had been sourced without any abusal of trust um, from our government agencies. But as we started utilizing certain tools and certain rhythms and methods, um, you know, people did not get better. Um, And then I had a personal experience where I got COVID myself um, in that Delta variant season, which is a particularly hard strain to fight off. Um, And I quickly realized how unprepared the outpatient space still was, because at this time I had only been inpatient for about a year and a half. Mm. Then I get COVID myself. And I literally was told by my primary care physician, once you don't cough anymore, you can come see me. And I thought, well, hold up, you know, um, since when do I say to somebody who has the flu, hey, don't come in the office today. I don't want to see you. You know, I just we don't do that. Physicians, PAs, mid-levels, MPs. You treat the sick, not just the well. And so that just alarmingly threw into my face this understanding of, oh, I didn't realize outpatient medicine doesn't still have a model or treatment algorithms or pathways. I had heard at that time of ivermectin, but to be very honest, I thought, oh, that's too simple. I'm not familiar with it. I've never used it as a clinician. And so a little bit of pride mixed with a little bit of fear also of nobody else is using ivermectin, you're not in my community. Um kind of, you know, put me in the backseat of not utilizing it. But then as I started seeing us put people on remdesivir, sarolumab, tocilizumab, and, you know, healthy 35-year-olds decompensating, being put on a vent and needing three weeks to three months of weaning after that, I I scratched my head and I said, something's not right here. Either COVID's big, bad, scary, and we're still not getting it, or our drugs are not the right treatment pathway.
0: Are you ready for a life upgrade? Ebles CBD is your solution to chronic pain, stress, and sleepless nights. Transform managing into thriving. Our exclusive offer for The Brian Nichols Show listeners, 15% off all Ebel's products with code TBNS at checkout. Don't miss your chance to improve your life today. Head to briannicholshow.com forward slash Ebel's to get 15% off your order. And now back to the show.
1: Um, And so that was part of my awakening of reversal, of stepping out of the fear zone into, okay, now I've seen this long enough, I've had a personal experience with it that was pretty horrible. And um, I'm starting to recognize that some patterns and, um, you know, medical um, experience uh, with these patients that I'm, you know, trying to revive back to health doesn't quite add up. And I might be deviating a little bit from your original topic. But um, in how do we deal with the fear? At that point, if I can say of myself, I started Becoming a little bit more of my own investigator. Mm-hmm. investigator. You did your um, own research? <gasps> yeah, I did. Rochelle, my own how dare you? <laughs> And to th- be thankful, I have a physician friend who's an anesthesiologist here in town, and she at that time was also asking the same questions. And so we would at night, you know, send each other some papers or As you hear this speaker talk about this, you know, and that's at the time where I kind of came into the knowledge of the Frontline Critical Care Alliance um, and the physicians like Dr. Pierre Corey um, and uh, Dr. Um, Mubeen Saeed and stuff of that nature and started looking at their theories and what they were doing. And then c- comes these, you know, vaccinations, this new technology platform, And just out of the, you know, reasonable, plausible, scientific method that we should adhere to, I have questions, you know? Um, And I kept it in the background of my head as a differential diagnosis. Anytime somebody came into my care that had had one of these vaccinations. And I started seeing things that didn't add up. I started seeing neurological conditions that were refractory to traditional treatments. You know, I saw them have more repetitive infections of respiratory nature uh, that didn't make sense. Or I saw a resurgence of cancer if they had been formally treated and in remission, but now it was full blown again. And where did that come from? And so a lot of those questions were merited, um, and, but there was still, again, no scientific method for treatment at mm. that time well, until no. I kept growing with the FLCCC. Um, and I did have a patient, actually, who was acutely psychotic on hemodialysis. Her family has authorized me to tell her story. All of those symptoms manifested themselves three days after her fourth vaccine. It was a, a booster Um, And uh, we treated her with ivermectin after a two-month, you know, progression of ruling out everything under the sun. And within three days, she cleared up in her mentation. She was back to her normal self. She did not recover functionally from her renal dysfunction um, significantly, but her mentation was back. I mean, she was previously not able to feed herself. She was not able to participate in physical therapy. She didn't know who I was, who her husband was, et cetera. And so when that happened and when I treated her with something as simple as ivermectin and I saw a proportional decrease in her antibody response from the COVID shots, I said, okay, something's in the water. We got to do something about this. Um, and that's kind of where we are today. Wow. So I think I deviated from your original question, but I gave a little bit of the highlights of my journey to explain um, that I w- we went from a story of fear <laughs> to having to figure out and be involved in um you know the diagnosis, the workup with not just trusting a blindly right. uh, you know, an organization that we rightfully should be able to trust, but at this point cannot, and having to do the, our own homework. Um and truly I think the real heroes of the medical model today are the physicians with the FLCCC are people like Dr. Peter McCullough, um, you know, Dr. William Macus and things of that nature.
0: So Rochelle, mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta be that guy now because we <laughs> heard this over the past three years. Right who who are you, Rochelle? Why aren't you mm-hmm. trusting the experts? Why aren't you trusting the science right. who you think you're you think you're the science? I know firsthand <laughs> that that's Dr. Anthony fauci. He's the science, yeah. so Rochelle, obviously yeah, i'm tongue in cheek right here, right, but like <laughs> that must have been, and I'm sure mm-hmm. still is really mm-hmm. uncomfortable because this right. is not at all medically. You know, conclusive one side or the mm-hmm. other in terms of how the, the medical professionals are going to deal with COVID and also deal with the after effects of mm-hmm. the COVID vaccine. So, like, yeah. th- this is still something that is making people butt heads. And I saw you know, in my personal friend group, heck, I had groomsmen disown me because I didn't trust the science, but you're actually yeah. in the world. You're in right. the world of medicine. And I'm sure it must've been as bad, dare I say, if not worse on your end, what was sure. your personal experience?
1: Yeah. You know, um, in the hospital world, maybe regrettably, I was not as uh, vocal about that. And the treatment of patients, I was really more uh, uh, observant at that time. Um, and the But the cornerstone case became when I actually did do something, I went to the infectious disease, the nephrologist on the case, the internal medicine physician involved with that patient, about the acute psychosis and the renal failure. Um, and I showed them the research from FLCCC and I made the case for ivermectin and I went to the pharmacist and gave them the literature that I had. It was contrary to, you know, the CDC, HHS general opinion. Um, and because that was in some ways a Hail Mary case, they were willing to accept it, um, thankfully, and we had a favorable outcome. But you know, moving out of that space and into the world of outpatient medicine, there is a reason for doing that um, because inpatient, what it still is a difficult environment for uh, the change of thought to exist. Also, um, you know, there are there are certain guidelines and restrictions. Physicians don't have complete ownership in the way that they really should. Um, to be able to make autonomous decisions for the best health of their patients. Furthermore, um, there's a lot of stress and a lot of burden on those physicians currently in a hospitalist position um, in terms of numbers and patient load. And, you know, um, it doesn't allow for time for you to do your own research, regrettably. Um, So stepping into the outpatient world was a big change for me to be able to um, provide uh, and, or excuse me, to provide different care and then to be able to have the time to do the research that we needed to. Um, but yeah, it's it's an everyday growing, um, you know, we always oh, use the word investigation already, but. Uh, you're always learning something new, okay, because I'm treating people a different way that, uh, let's say, uh, I, a rheumatologist is in Missouri that I know who uses, you know, exosomes um, and IV peptide therapies. While I'm using oral peptide therapies or sublingual uh, or nasal sprays or repurposed pharmacological drugs, um, if you go to um, Dr. Jordan Vaughn in Alabama, he is doing triple therapy, which is um, aspirin, flavix, uh, and eloquist to help degrade microclots. Um, some people believe that's the best strategy. So we're still all in this together in a think tank way. There are still some really creative physicians out there trying to provide realistic solutions. Um, but that conversation is ever evolving. If I can say one more thing without no, being this prolonged monologue. Please do. Um, for example, I have one patient who, you know, marathon runner, um, and all of a sudden can't walk up the stairs. What changed? Uh, young, healthy, vibrant female. And, um, you know, the only thing that really, truly changed in the timeline of the differential of, well, okay, maybe she has heart failure, maybe she has a lung condition, was the vaccine, has done every cardiology test under the sun. And we actually found evidence that the mitochondria of their heart had been impacted um, and uh, turned off, which is kind of interesting. And so when that happened- Yeah, you want to know why, Rochelle?
0: Because I mm -hmm. remember from bio class that the mitochondria (laughs) is the powerhouse of the cell. Absolutely. Public education, look at me.
1: Yeah, battery packs, they truly are. And so, you know, for some people, we give them methylene glue, which is uh, helpful. It's like the spark plug back to the battery their mitochondria. There are other ways to do that, too. Urethylian A, pomegranate extract, etc. But when uh, because I was concurrently treating her and then working with the cardiologist, um, cardiologist said, well, hey, whatever that other person's doing and it seems to be working for you. Can we connect? Because I'm seeing more and more of this. So, you know, some of it is just the product of what's happening with our patients. Other physicians are asking questions. I've had um, some teenagers that I'm working with who have POTS syndrome. Um, And this cardiologist, this pediatric cardiologist has said, I'm having two cases a week. I used to only see two cases a year. Um, And they said to the mother of one of my patients, if this works for you with this, quote, specialist, which is our team, um, would you let me know what they're doing? Because I'd love to know. So I think that the, 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 the setting has been set um, for, you know, physicians wanting to know different modalities, curiosities to answers that we're not being able to solve um, in a traditional medical way. So I, I, I don't think we're not wanting to see answers and people get well. Um, I just think, like you said, the, the back and forth between um, where is the information coming from? How do we know it's met? It's, you know, vetted, merited. Um, that's still on
0: the table. Well, and this kind yeah. of opens up the the Pandora's box for the future, Rochelle, and mm-hmm. that is can can we trust our medical yeah. professionals at, at a mm-hmm. you know a, a large scale level? Sure. Really ever again, right? Because yeah. we saw firsthand and and I don't know, like I, as much as COVID was awful. And, and don't get me wrong, it was mm-hmm. easily the most terrible thing that collectively we as a planet have experienced in recent memory right like like everybody was impacted in some way shape mm-hmm. or form and and to see this collectivized approach from mm-hmm. all of these governments just come yeah. together towing the same line and and mm-hmm. regurgitating the same narrative even though and this is the part that just pisses me off so much even though there was others folks like you like dr mm-hmm. mccullough Like dr malone who not only have done research but were vocally speaking out against a lot Mm -hmm. of what they were seeing take place and were ostracized from polite and acceptable society you weren't allowed Mm -hmm. to question dr anthony fauci and him being the science trademark Mm -hmm. you weren't allowed to actually ask questions and that Mm -hmm. for me was terrifying because not only was it scary to see How quickly all these official representations of government and science and the expertise that we're supposed to rely on Mm -hmm. went in lockstep. But this is the part that really scared me, Rochelle, is how quickly the populace followed suit. As soon as they saw enough of those people – I mean, goodness, this is – I hate to make the comparison, but this is gobbles Nazi Germany stuff all over again. Get enough people in government to regurgitate the exact same lie Mm -hmm. and soon enough – people just start to accept it as fact and truth. And that terrifies me, Rochelle, because Mm -hmm. I don't know how do we earn, and I say we in this case, as if you are a medical professional, how do you earn the public's trust back? How do do our, our institutions earn
1: the public's trust back after three, four years of more or less flipping them the bird and slapping them in the face? Right. Well, personally i would love to see dr mccullough or somebody like dr Meehan become the face of the cdc instead oh, you know the people that have been vetted and true that knew what they were doing during the COVID experience and had the right outcomes you know dr oh, mehan himself we treated thousands of patients this is before i came on so he treated thousands of patients i should say um, you know, with zero negative outcomes, no deaths, uh, using repurposed pharmacological drugs. Part of the re- part of what Dr. Mena and I do, what we love about seeing our patients um, in this way, is we give them the research of the reasons why we're doing what we do. Um, so, if there's a study that I've read, and you know, <laughs> to to the best that we can, uh, you know, dumb it down, and I don't mean that in a rude way, but just. Bring it to somebody in a level that they can understand and interpret it, because some of it gets very scientific and heady up here that even I don't understand. Um, but we like to give them at least the resources that it came from, or um, you know uh, the anecdotal story that um, correlates with it. So that not only do they have the research for themselves to read, but that they can present it to people and their family or to other medical providers um, that they come into contact with throughout their journey. So part of it is just being humble. Part of it is being very open um, and being um, a, a, a collaboration of care and saying to patients, hey, I actually trust you as your own clinician as well to be a part of this process. Um, because really, truly is you have the autonomy of your independent choice to choose whether or not you want to take this methylene blue or the ivermectin, you know, from our care. But here's the research behind it. Here's why we think it works, but we're open to saying that it might not as well. Um, and I think as long as we can keep that type of a framework in the patient-provider relationship, um, we should see better outcomes. Um, and then sometimes, you know, the proof is in the pudding. That's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, so, you know, with people that we get well, uh. attention sober freedom lovers
0: unleash the power of liquid freedom by blood of tyrants this energy tea is crafted with a bunch of natural goodness and the energy boosting yerba mate zero sugar no compromises and you can get yours today by heading to briannickelshowcom forward slash tea and save 10% off your order using code TBNS at checkout sip with a purpose redefine your beverage experience today with liquid freedom and now back to the show
1: what are they going to say to that? They're probably going to say, okay, it worked, you know, mm-hmm. or I, I trust you now because I have evidence for the first time. I mean, I can't tell you how many people we worked with who have been, they spent $200,000 and seen 20 providers, right? And then they come to our doorstep and within 60 days, they're back on track. Wow! Um, and I can't promise that for everybody. I'm not saying we are in the, you know, the wheelhouse of miracles here, but we are in the wheelhouse of restoration and having answers and solutions that not every primary care is aware of right now, that not the hospitalist community is certainly, um, you know, terribly well-versed in at this time. Mm. I think we'll get there. I really, truly do. And maybe that's the goodness of my heart, wanting it to be that way.
0: And <laughs> all of but, us out there, we're, we're hoping and praying, right, yeah. that things kind of yeah. get back to, I hate to use sure. the word, some sense of normalcy, but like, you know, right. when, when people could just kind of live life. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. everything got weird after 2019. Going to 2020, it it's like CERN right. decided to uh, increase their their testing out there in in Europe, mm. and they just like destroyed everything, and we didn't even realize it. Mm. But I think that might be a different <laughs> conversation for a different day. Uh, Rochelle, we are going yeah. towards the tail end of the episode here. We do a little yeah. segment called Final Thoughts. Um, yeah. I'll kick things off, and I'll turn things over to you. And you you okay. hinted at. What actually kind of it was where I was already going for my final final thoughts, but mm-hmm. I'll I'll just maybe put a nice bow on it is that you mentioned the the one to one doctor patient relationship, mm-hmm. and I, I think you're right. Like that that will be, it has to be the the way right. we we reclaim some sense of of, of trust in mm-hmm. our our medical professionals, and I think what we saw happen over COVID was really this collectivization of treatment where Mm -hmm. somehow everybody is all of a sudden the exact same medically speaking, biologically speaking, and everybody all of a sudden needs to have the exact same remedy for whatever in this case virus it is. Right. And you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, the smartest guy in the room, (laughs) um, but I am smarter than your average bear. And when I start to look at, when I, was, when I was first seeing this, I was like, not everybody is the same. I'm a six foot five, 265 pound, like former football player. Mm-hmm. And like Rochelle, I'm right. just going to guess you're not a six foot five, 265 pound, former football player. So right. I would dare to reason that my medical needs and what I would need from, you know, my health and wellness standpoint is probably going to mm-hmm. be a little bit different than yours. And yeah. that's okay. And yet yeah. we saw this prescription pushed down, not just on the American populace, but the entire freaking planet, where everybody's supposed to get this exact same treatment. And just by that very, like, declaration... My red flags went up. My my spidey senses were tingling. I'm saying this yeah. doesn't seem right. Much like when you were looking at the the therapeutics and the the mm-hmm. you know the the approach that you were supposed to take, as you mm-hmm. were told by the quote unquote experts, all of a sudden right. not really doing what i was supposed to do. So mm-hmm. then then that trust starts to get broken. And mm-hmm. to that point, how do we reclaim it? I think yes, going back mm-hmm. first of all, finding. Folks like you, Rochelle, who you can actually feel that you're getting care from, actual care, and not just a, you know, either pharmacy sales rep, which, sorry, that's reality in some cases, right. or just someone who's afraid of speaking truth. And that part truth. right there, like, I'm thinking we're seeing a change, Rochelle. I'm hoping yeah. you're seeing it in your your circles as well. More and more doctors mm-hmm. starting to wake up to what's happened over the past four years. Yeah. Like, You can't unsee this stuff, and I think more and more folks are starting to acknowledge that ginormous elephant in the room. That's my (laughs) final thoughts for today. Rochelle, what
1: do you have for us on your end? Those are good final thoughts. A lot of them there in a, in a very well said, spoken way. Um, you know, my final thoughts are that there is hope because I think so often we focus on the negative Nancy um, in all of this. And to be fair, there is a lot of negative that's coming out in the research world surrounding the COVID shots, um, you know, specifically the modified RNA ones. But what I want to tell people truly is that there is hope. Um, not every case is the same. Like you said, we're not all six, five football players. I'm a five, two ballerina. OK, our <laughs> testosterone levels are going to be very different. Um, But when you take into that account and you find a provider like Dr. Meehan and I, we try and put the time value back in the relationship. So our appointments are always um, starting off 45 to 45 minutes to an hour long uh, so that we really get to know you as a person um, and we get to discuss the. Widespan um, algorithm of who you are and the best ways we can advance your care. And so here at Meehan MD, we have different varieties of appointments. Um, we do this COVID restoration program to help people get well, either infection or injection. And we'll be very frank with you if we don't think it's related to either of those as well. We don't want to waste anybody's money or time. But uh, we also do functional medicine consults here um, and we do hormonal rebalancing. And so that's kind of the breadth and the depth of who we are. We also have a novel blood test called the gallery, which helps screen and detect um, for 50 plus different types of cancers that not everywhere in the US has right now as an available resource. So we're a little unique in that world. So I just wanna let people know there is hope, um, there is recovery out there. And if we don't have it, we will have the connections, I can guarantee you, of who does or who might. Um, because like I said, I don't have the IV capabilities right here, right now, but I do know who does over in Alabama or who does in Washington, et cetera. And because we're within that network of freedom fighters and medical hope searchers and solution creative thinkers, we're you know going to find something for you that will get you on the right track. And that's kind of our promise to the public there.
0: Love it, Rochelle. And the best part, even though you're based in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. and you have folks all over the world, you can do this via telemed. Tell us about that. So, I mean, insurance, out of pocket, what does that look like? Sure.
1: We are cash pay, um, so we're not insurance-based, mainly because if insurance gets involved, our hands start getting restricted at what we can and cannot do. For example, I tried to send an ivermectin script through, I don't know if I can say it, Express Scripts, and they said, sure not if it's for COVID-related, you can't do that, boo-hoo. So, you know, we, we have to work around those things. Um, so we're cash pay for that reason. But we are licensed in 35 states. If you go to our website, MD, that's M as in mom, D as in dad.com, mehanmd.com, we have a map up there of all the 35 states that we're licensed to pre- provide care, uh, prescriptions and treatment. And we'd love to see you. And you have a
0: Mindness Wellness Shop, which if that's exclusive right. listeners of The Brian Nichols Show can yes. get... off with first Mm -hmm. 10 so uh, thank you thank you very much Rochelle for that uh, that nice discount code for my audience Mm -hmm. so folks we will include those links in the show notes go ahead uh, use your exclusive offer because those types of offers don't come around too (laughs) often so uh, yes no Rochelle this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation I know for a fact my audience got some value from this today and with that being said audience please go ahead and give today's episode a share when you do tag yours truly at Facebook. And on Twitter slash X at B Nichols, Liberty, Rochelle, where can folks go ahead, and find you if they want to continue the conversation.
1: Thank you. Yes. Uh, again, just mehanmd.com is our, is our flagship site. We're on Facebook too. Uh, Dr. James Meehan is the one you should be looking for uh, that most routinely, or I believe his Instagram handle, which doesn't give out as much, but we have quite a few followers there at James Meehan or doc me. I think it's doc Meehan, D-O-C-M-E-E-H-A-N. You can find us on all those things modalities.
0: Fantastic. Rochelle, this has been a great conversation. So folks, you, if you enjoyed it as much as I did, which I, again, I know you do please beyond going ahead and giving it a share, please go ahead and support the show. How can you do that? Well, you can make a one-time donation over at Brian <laughs> forward slash support, or you can support the show by supporting those who also support the show. So support our sponsors like Cardio Miracle, evils, blood of tyrants, liquid freedom, BNC technology, advisors and more all these amazing organizations help us keep the lights on so i'm gonna ask you to help keep their lights on please support our awesome sponsors and of course use code tbns we'll make sure you get a special little discount whenever you order their services or products now With that being said, if you enjoyed today's episode and you want to make sure other folks can find the episode, well, you can find us wherever it is you consume your podcast or video content. Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, YouTube Music, Spotify, wherever it is you consume your podcast. Just hit that subscribe button, download all Unplayed episodes. We're just around 800 episodes in total here for the brian nichols show so i guarantee you have a plethora of episodes in the archives to dig through that will leave you educated enlightened and informed if you want the video version of the show you can go to your favorites like youtube rumble ben swan's sovereign spell s-o-v-r-e-n and we also are uploading our episodes in their entirety to x.com. So if you wanna go ahead and check us out over on Twitter, you can do that as well. And by the way, if you are joining us over on Ben Swan Sovereign, it is spelled S-O-V-R-E-N and you are seeing today's episode before anybody else because that is your Sovereign exclusive. That's all I have for you guys. I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. And uh, hopefully you are as well, because now we know that there are folks out there like Rochelle who are actually fighting the good fight and letting us have a little bit more, uh, I guess, happy thoughts going as we drift off to sleep, knowing that there are people like Rochelle who are in fact trying to uh, fight the good fight and give us a better tomorrow today. So with that being said, Brian Nichols signing off here on the Brian Nichols Show for Rochelle Voth. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Brian Nichols Show.